0: Welcome, dear friends. It's a Friday where we celebrate the Second Amendment. We have a little bit of fun. Ask Dr. G anything. But then this hour is the manhood hour where we delve deep into the state of our culture, our society, and I would say our civilization to talk about the war on certain traditional values. And, uh, yeah, we've had members of Delta Force, former SEALs, pastors on the show, but I don't think we've had anybody whose official job title is so on the money Uh, he could be a co-host of the show. Uh, Delano Squires, Heritage Foundation, research fellow at the DeVos Center, where your portfolio is, is what? Is family, fatherhood, and marriage,
1: and correct. marriage. correct, correct.
0: All right. So you bring the credentials. Yes, you bring the credentials. I do. All right. We're <laughs> going to have some fun here. Um, your former colleague, my wife, Katie, yes. has five big questions. I have to ask all of our manhood guests and then we'll have some fun. But first things first, I'm just thinking. As we are prepping, if you had been born in feudal England, I think mm. we'd have to change your skin color. But if you okay. had been of a certain, <laughs> certain correct class, right. you could be squire squires.
1: Yes, that is true. It could be cool. Yeah, yeah I never thought squires. of it that way. Yeah, All right, a good just point. a
0: little bit of an English historic <laughs> inject there. All right, so let, let's, let's get down to work. Let's get serious. Follow this man, Delano Squires, on Twitter. And, of course, conservative mothership is heritage.org. You should be a member because under their new leadership, wow they are making things happen all right first question from the boss is manhood under assault what is what is the reality today
1: absolutely I mean it's been under assault for for decades Um, and I think what we're seeing now um, is you know sort of the the I'm hoping it's the end stages of sort of second wave feminism and its assault on manhood, I'm hoping that the pendulum is going to swing back. Um, When I see figures, so for instance, someone you might have talked about, when I see someone like Andrew Tate sort of pop up and gain millions of followers, I see that as an overcorrection. I hope we come somewhere...
0: You're not a a fad of Tate, I presume.
1: I probably agree with him in terms of being anti-feminist. I don't agree with him in terms of Going around the world, siring a bunch of kids, coming back to America, sending them a hundred dollars a month, and and letting them you know live with their moms, but 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 I think again
0: the phenomenon speaks to something, right? His correct,
1: correct, right. correct, correct. He's he is a reaction to something, and as I said, oftentimes in life, particularly with errors of of this magnitude, when you have people committed um, to emasculating men, to tearing down marriage, uh, to questioning you know, sex, biological sex itself, oftentimes what you get with errors of that magnitude is overcorrection, not yeah. correction. And I think we need to come somewhere back to the middle. But uh, masculinity is definitely under attack. Uh, we went from fighting sexism to fighting masculinity. Uh, and I think we're in a position now where um, this this generation of, of boys and young men, um, many of them are more feminine than their mothers. And... This, many of their sisters are, ma- are more masculine than they are.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, let me just tease you out there a little bit. <clears throat> because you say you're hopeful. You're seeing maybe an, a, an over uh, compensation. Does that mean that you think this is just like a sine wave? It's just cyclical? Or is it more than that? Is there some kind of organic... Systemic pushback to the you know, hatred of manhood and the labeling of toxic masculinity?
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to say. Um, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we find, sort of, we come back to our senses. Part of the reason is because at this trajectory, again, when you have people saying that biological sex um, is fiction, right? They're saying all that matters is gender identity. Um, You can't have a culture or a civilization like that. We can't survive if we continue on this trajectory for another 30 years. Um, Or or if we do survive, we'll all be speaking Mandarin because someone is going to take over a civilization that is that weak where it can't figure out, you know, which sex has the babies um, and which one what, doesn't? Let,
0: let me be devil's advocate. What, yes. Why is that weakness? Why isn't that just flexibility? Man, <laughs> man, man can have babies, Delano. Don't be such a hater.
1: I mean, it's it's weakness because you're talking about people who have lost touch with reality, yeah. and this is not an insignificant reality. It is the fundamental biological reality of human civilization that there are males and females, men and women, and that you need both of those, the, uh, you know, a man and a woman to procreate and then to propagate the species. If we lose sight of that, if our feet come off the ground, and, and then we'll be able to be tossed to and fro by whatever enemy chooses to take advantage of us. So I'm, I'm hoping, and I, and I see signs. I mean, the, the fact, and we, we talked about masculinity, which obviously is tied to some of our gender fights, but when you have women who self-identify as radical feminists being on the side of conservatives as we fight back against the gender ideology nonsense. Meaning those
0: feminists who say, for example, that transgenderism is an assault on correct. women.
1: Correct, correct. You, you, you see people who we would have been fighting 10 years ago now joining our side because they're starting to understand that you can't beat biology. <laughs> um, and and it's, it's, they've been slow to understand that. Now, they may fight with us and they say, well, we still think patriarchy is is oppressive. And And my response to that is that you all have not destroyed patriarchy. You've just deformed it, and and three new forms of patriarchy have sprung up. One conservatives fight vis- uh, vigorously and, un- and recognize. One is bureaucratic patriarchy, right in terms of the expansion of the welfare state with yep. the government Becoming now plays. The daddy. Correct. Right. The second is corporate patriarchy, where the CEOs of some of the largest corporations are much more willing to pay for abortions for their female uh, staffers. Than, than maternity leave, so you can see the way corporations have set themselves against the natural family, and then the third, and this is where I was talking about, you know, some of the radical feminists is trans patriarchy, where you have particularly a group of committed men.
0: Hang on, this is really interesting. Yeah. Did you, did you come up with that trans patriarchy?
1: I did come up with that. Yeah. Okay. Not I, on the spot, but I, I did. I, no, I, no, I, I love wrote love it last it. week. So yeah. What,
0: what is what is trans patriarchy?
1: So so when I talk about trans patriarchy, I'm I'm talking, I'm I'm talking about uh, the, the deforming of patriarchy.
2: Well, it's um, a new patriarchy.
1: In, co- correct. In such a way where men who think that they're women are rewriting the rules on sex and gender.
0: And, and rewriting the rules Correct. on who's allowed to be a woman.
1: Correct. Who is a woman?
0: Yeah.
1: Who, what, a, uh, what a pregnant person is. All of these new terms come out of this deformed part wow. of patriarchy. And the saddest part is that, and this goes back to the feminists, Many of these women who have spent a lifetime saying that they're fighting against, um, you know, oppressive patriarchal systems and so on and so on and so forth. When they came up against people like Dr. Rachel Levine, born Richard Levine. They're completely silent because they don't feel that they can question him when he says that that, that he's a woman.
0: Can't ask the question from a fake woman.
1: Correct. So what what I've said in the past is that these women, particularly the feminists, I finally found a group of men that they can submit to because when Richard Levine speaks, they have oh to be quiet.
0: Gosh, that's powerful. Yeah. Have so, you written this? I have. <laughs> where, where, where can they find it? the heritage?
1: Um, last week, I have a piece in the Federalist on on the notion that pro family conservatives um, have to be pro man. You can't have pro family policy if you don't have a pro-man culture. But, did you, but
0: have you written explicitly on this trans-patriarchy? Yes,
1: yes, I, I, I introduced right. that idea in that piece. While
0: we're chatting, Eric, find that article at The, uh, the Federalist, let's put it up on the screen, because this is, well, this is a high-value interview, because these are the conceptual stepping stones that, that uh, empower you to make a, a cogent response to the insanity. If you're, if you're against patriarchy the unfair control without merit over others, this idea that there's a trans patriarchy, Mm. that now women are, you know, genuflecting at the altar of men who just happen to wear a skirt, Dude, that's powerful. All right, that's why he's a guest in studio. It's The Manhood Hour with Delano Squires. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his work at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. If you love this stuff as much as we love providing it for you, guarantee for yourself you never, ever miss a nanosecond of The Manhood Hour or any of our long-form interviews, go to your favorite podcast platform, go to Spotify, plug in my name, Sebastian, Gawker America First. Subscribe. It's free. Yeah, the price is right. Also, leave us a five star review and share the links with your friends. Additionally, if you love America First, how do you prove you're America First? You go to our store. We're the hottest selling item right now. They said I was too extreme when I designed it. Yeah, well, along with Chris Plant, it's the hottest selling item. The FBI t shirt. This time it stands for Fascist Bureau of Intimidation. Get yours today. Everything is made in America. Check out the store, sebgorkastore.com. So much that's just America first. S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorkastore.com. Why am I modeling items of clothing from the America First Store? Because I can now, because it's Dr. G Mark, two forty-two pounds lighter. Thanks to Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss. Twenty years I've been trying to shed the pounds. I can hide it. I'm six foot three, but still I wasn't healthy, and now I feel amazing. And my wife has lost thirty-six pounds and she's ecstatic. My colleague Mike Gallagher at Salem. He lost 50. I mean, he had more to lose, but well well done, Mike. If you put on a little bit around the middle, if you want to be the healthiest you can, we check out this amazing program. No pills, no starvation diet, no calorie counting, five meals a day that let you burn the fat. Call them right now, 864-644-1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. If I can do it, anyone can. Call them, 864-644-1900, My PhDweightloss.com. All right, question two, Delano. Uh, You said this has been going on for decades, this war against masculinity. A two-part question. Mm -hmm. When do you think it began, and today... 2023, where's the epicenter? Is it the uh, high schools? Is it the middle schools? Is it the colleges? Is it the me? Is it TikTok? If you had to identify the most pernicious source of this war, hmm. where would you put it? So first Genesis and then uh, today's uh, epicenter.
1: It's funny that you that you um, said it that way because <laughs> as, a, as a Christian, as a believer, as someone who approaches these issues with a biblical worldview, I would say it started in Genesis, right? In terms of um, where, where you see the, the split between man and woman. There's where,
0: no question there, right? Right. There's where, two categories.
1: Where, where, where the certain inserts himself between the husband and oh, wife yes. and starts to, s- makes her question what it is that God has said about how he designed the world. Um, I think that's ultimately... And,
0: and, and not only that, if mm-hmm. you talk about the fruit of the tree, right. which is truth, right? You, you want man or woman... Mm-hmm deems themselves to be in control of truth, and then the parallel, my gosh, another superb point, the parallel here is we have the hubris, mm. the ego to say, uh, 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 no, cr- chromosomes don't matter. Correct. I'm going to define what a woman or a man is. Correct, correct. So, so it goes back to the beginning. I, I, as
1: mo- as, and honestly, many of the issues that we're fighting right now are one, ones that I would call genesis issues, and these are issues we have to get right. Right. What is a man? What is a woman? What is a marriage? What is life? When does it begin? All of these things, these these uh, Imago Dei issues, the fact that human beings are created in an image of God and bear his likeness. Um, th- this is sort of the, the foundation. Before you can craft good public policy, you need to have working definitions of things and the most important things. So uh, I, I would take it back there, but as I said, one. But in the
0: modern age, if you it, say you know it's been happening for decades, yeah. I, where, where, where does the modern assault I, begin?
1: I think, I mean, as many things do, people point back to the '60s, the sexual revolution, uh, second wave feminism. Um, you know, I think that's where you start to see a turn, and particularly the, the relationships between men and women, uh, where where the the feminists of old told women again that marriage is oppressive, uh, family is oppressive. To be the best woman you can be means to aspire to all the things the men have been doing. So you should have their sexual appetites. You should should dress the way they do. You should talk the way they do. You should think the way they do, um, all while diminishing the importance of men in our society. So I'd say at least, again, since the 60s in terms of its modern iteration, uh, as it relates to where these. St- where,
0: the, where the harder, where, where the most pernicious and en- engine of this is right now. I
1: mean, it's, it's always easy to say academia. Um, I would say, honestly, now K through 12 is probably even worse than yeah. higher education because our children are being fed a steady diet of this worldview every single day. And even the most dedicated parents may have their children's attention. Mm-hmm for an hour and a half before school and maybe two hours after
0: school. If they're lucky.
1: If they're lucky. And, it, and it, the older the child gets, the shorter the responses get. What did you learn today in school? Nothing. How, how was your day? Fine. So-
0: the, the <laughs> I can tell your father. <laughs> I, I can tell so, your
1: so, but, the, but the teachers have them for 10 hours a day. And, and really, I think conservatives to start looking at what um, K through 12, like what, what that formal education process is, we should look at that as basic training. Um, because when those children leave, they are ready to go and fight the left's war. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm such a big homeschool advocate. That's why I'm such a big school choice advocate. Um, because I think parents should see education, one, as equal parts scholarship and discipleship, right? Academic mastery and moral formation. And then from, when they do that, they'll ask the question, do I want that person to be shaping my child's values or that system to shape my child's values for the next 12 years?
0: And the significance of uh, social media, Delano?
1: Huge. Social media is huge. I think there's a reason that uh, the CCP pushes out one type of TikTok to the world and they reserve a different type of TikTok for their own kids. By
0: the way, TikTok being a Chinese company, let's Correct. be clear. So, right. it's, so there's, it's like the, you know, the 1960s and 70s when the Arab terrorists would make one announcement in English to the world about why they're right. fighting for justice, and then another announcement in Arabic to their people saying we're killing the Jews and <laughs> right, the Christians. Right. I mean, it's the right. same kind of thing, right? right?
1: Yeah, so I mean, social media is huge, obviously, particularly with, with the trans cult, um, the, the, the types of things that, that take place. The, the chat rooms, the ones that try to, to draw children in and then where kids get in, like because then like adults, sometimes you get on you might get on Twitter for two minutes, you say, Oh, I'm just gonna check out a couple stories. Two hours later you're still scrolling and typing. So yeah. um, social media is huge for changing perception, I think for driving social contagion. And also for messaging. Uh and and, and I'm and I'm an old guy, so I just I basically use Twitter and, and, and Facebook. But Every other year there are 20 new platforms and obviously young people know what they all are. Um, So yeah, I think all of those things, corporations, social media, higher ed, K through 12, And then obviously through the the systems of our government are all driving at the same point.
0: And is there any way to look at all this drag queen story hour than looking at it as grooming children?
1: I mean, the left will say they just want to introduce kids to the idea of diversity. I don't buy that. Um, You could just have different people, men and women, coming to read stories to kids. You don't
0: have to queer the sense of gender. Correct.
1: Correct. 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 So, I mean... To me, the Drag Queen Story Hour stuff is a, is a gateway drug to transgenderism. Um, so it, it, it definitely is intentional, um, and they, the left tries to work those things not just at the library, but, but you see how, how quickly it spread from the libraries into the schools. And, and now you have, I, I think about, for instance, some of the Drag Queen conservatives, some of whom I won't name, but they know who they are, the people who said that Drag Queen Story Hour was a blessing of liberty, um, those people have no defense against now drag queens in schools. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's a shame that as a conservative, it's hard enough to fight sort of the, the the left sort of in our forward advance. But now we have to watch our back again from the drag queen conservatives and the hyper libertarians who are always trying to knife us and say, oh, no, you guys are just trying to impose your your religion and your moral views on the rest of the population.
0: I've already written down like f- six quotes from this man, and we're only, <laughs> in a, you know, 15 minutes into this interview. The trans cult, drag queen scoria is a gateway drug to uh, transgenderism. You can't beat biology, on and on and on. I don't know how I'm going to pick the title for this show. In the meantime, social media is evil, is bad, but... There are some places you should be following where you can find the truth. We are on all social media platforms by YouTube. Follow us on uh, Truth Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Parler, on Getter, on Telegram, on Hub. You can watch it because we're a TV show. SalemNewsChannel.com. And for exclusive content from me, my Substack, that's Gawker.substack.com. That's one word, Gawker.substack.com. My pillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build My Pillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, my buddy, the inventor and CEO, wants to give back to my listeners. The Percal bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly $89.98, but now for you, just $39.98 with your listener promo. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percal sheets are breathable and have a a cool crisp feel they come with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee don't miss out on this incredible offer it's a limited supply so be sure to order now call 1-800-829-8468 promo code gorka or just go to mypillow.com click on the radio list square and plug in g-o-r-k-a that's 1-800-829-8468 or mypillow.com code gorka
2: You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black.
0: I'd say that's racism. I don't know about you, but a white guy saying if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, that's bigotry. But hey, it's Biden who called Southern segregationists fine gentlemen and said on the floor of the Congress of oh, the Senate, actually, I don't want my kids going, growing up in a racial jungle. Oh, sorry, I forgot the most important, the reason he should never have been allowed to run for president. This is the man who tried to effect a, quote, high-tech lynching against a black man because he dared to be a Supreme Court justice and a conservative. Delana, I've got to play identity politics with you for a second because it's so important. Um, The left, I guess some of them well-meaning in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but but in the last 60 years, they basically destroyed the black family. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at the rates of children out of wedlock, if you look at the crime rates, you look Mm -hmm. at the the murder rates for young black men, uh, give me some idea of, well, just help me out. Is there any good news? Are there people in the black community who are making any headway in talking about traditional families and reestablishing. You look at the movies, like um, Larry Elder's uh, Uncle Tom 2, yes. the sequel. Yes. I told Larry on the show, the first four minutes, the pre-titled uh, uh, credit sequence of home movies from the 40s and 50s with black mm. families blew me away. Mm. The prosperity, mm. the, the happiness, the, the, the togetherness, the extended families. It's gone. Mm. Is there anything good happening? Absolutely. I mean,
1: uh, a lot of it is in is in churches and sort of those religious communities. Um, but there are a lot of black families that, that are thriving. Uh, I, I certainly count my, my family as one of them. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say my parents have been to, been married 41 years. Uh, my best friends, all, all three, my, my three best friends, all of our parents have been married over 40 years. They all still live in New York. Um, they all love being grandparents, you know, so there there, there are many bright spots, um, but there are a lot of challenges because, you know, seven out of 10 black children are born to unmarried parents, that number jumps up, I think, over 90%, close to 90% for black women who don't have uh, any college education. So um, th- there are some challenges, you know, in, in our community, in the black community, and many of them, honestly you're starting to see in other groups, and particularly among working-class whites, that non-marital birth rate is starting to to go up. And among all whites, it's higher now than it was when the Moynihan Report came out in 1965. So I actually think the issue of marriage and family formation is one in which we can build a broad sort of multi-ethnic coalition um, to really make some, some positive movement. But again, part of it is going to be fighting back against the forces who want to destroy biological sex because you need those building blocks. If you don't know, you know who's a man and who's a you woman... You can't oh, build
0: a house on sand. Let, let's go back to the Bible. Correct. Uh, now, you come from a happy family. You clearly are a very proud father. This is the manhood hour. Give us Delano Desqu- Squires' definition. What is a man to you? What does it mean to be a man? Give us some definitions of the non-negotiable characteristics.
1: Mm. That's a great question. Um, so, <laughs> one because this is 2023, so I have to say this, is to be born male, obviously, <laughs> right? But 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 apart from that, to me, um, a man is responsible, a man is honorable, um, a man shows gratitude to his creator, he acknowledges our power higher than himself. Um, a man, at some point, is going to want to, to have a woman by his side, so it's like, you, every king is going to want a queen, because eventually he's going to want at least a prince or a princess in order for his family line to continue. Um, so, so, so those are some of the basic things for me. But I tend to, I tend to think about some of those character traits. Again, honor, um, respect, uh, perseverance, um, and nowadays um, the ability to to do hard things without complaining mm-hmm. and whining when I see, when I look across the pond, and I look at royalty, literal princes, uh, unbelievable. and all they do is complain and whine and moan. Um, it's one of those things that I, I find not just distasteful, but also unmanly. So th- th- there are some bedrock things. But again, if, if you acknowledge a power, power higher than yourself, if you acknowledge your creator, you love God, you love your wife, you love your children, that's a good
0: start right there. I love it. This is the Manhood Hour with our special guest, Instio Delano Squires of the Heritage Foundation, the DeVos Center for um, Family Values. He is a research fellow there. If you enjoy the show, make sure that you support our sponsors, especially if you've been struggling with pain and you've failed to find relief, you need to do what I did four years ago, and I'm so grateful I did it. Check out a product that is liberating half a million Americans from their daily pain today. It's called Relief Factor. It's helping me. I take it every morning and evening. But it's not just Dr. G. It's people like Leah from Ohio. This is Leah's story. One Sunday morning, I sat on my couch in so much pain, I was in tears. That's the day I ordered Relief Factor. Following directions, in eight days, I found relief, only to get better and better. I'm a believer 100%. That should be you. That could be you. There's only one way to find out, though, but it's super easy. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee, by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Leah, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. You've waited long enough. You deserve to know. What have you got to lose? I mean, apart from the pain, do it today. 1995 translates to less than a dollar a day. You can't get anything for less than a dollar a day, except maybe liberated from your pain. Call now, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com.
2: What for you Delana, have
0: been the most important influences in you understanding what it means to be a man? Who is your role model?
1: I I would definitely say my my dad um, and I would extend that out to my father and the men of his generation so the the men that I saw in church pastors deacons um, I, I respected them tremendously he's grown since I've gotten older. Were
0: you afraid of them as well? I, I, there, there, was
1: a, there was a healthy fear. There was a healthy
0: fear. <laughs>
1: I um, you know, sometimes it would just take a look and, and I, I would settle down. But th- these were all men, obviously, married, dedicated to their wives. They went out and they worked every day. But one thing that they had that we've lost in subsequent generations, and that these were all men who created with their hands. Mm. Even the ones who were college educated, they, they all either were in trades Right, carpentry, electrician. They were like carpenters, electricians, plumbers, masons, or even some of the ones who had white collar jobs. Um, you know, my dad still keeps a, a I guess I call it a kitchen garden. Um, we live. My parents live in Queens, New York, and mo- and eighty percent of the backyard is concrete, but the twenty percent does not, he he grows. Um, you know, tomatoes and peppers and squash and <laughs> thyme and rosemary. Um, and what, and what I see in subsequent generations is a generation of young people, men and women, who are intent on destroying. Yeah. They use the language of deconstruct, dismantle, destroy. And, and that is a clear um, sort of difference because we live in a point now where you have young men who are destroying buildings that their grandfathers built, whether in Portland or in Philadelphia. So, uh, I learned a lot from them. You know, I learned discipline, I learned honor, I learned my faith in God. Um, and I just learned the importance of being there every single day. There's not a day, that I, a night that I went to bed, that my dad wasn't in the house. And, and I respect him and, and honor him for that.
0: Uh, let's talk about the next generation as a father. Mm. Talk to us about what you would put in as the minimum items in a syllabus. What is it that young boys must know? What is it young boys must be taught if we are to see that pendulum swing back? Give us, give us the, the bare minimum we have to impart to the next generation.
1: Young men need to know that it's okay if they don't learn or act or think in the same ways as their female counterparts. And that's one of the big problems with educate, modern education, and certainly public education, um, it's, been, it's been feminized. And I think a lot of
0: everybody dis- has to react the same way. Correct,
1: I, I, and I would venture to say I haven't done research on this that some significant number of the boys who are diagnosed with ADD or ADHD just need to get out and run yeah. and burn off some energy, right? right? So roughhouse and, and roughhouse, right. uh, and and a lot of times um, mothers and even sometimes nowadays some fathers they want to sand down those edges. They want boys to be. I, I believe in having polite children, so my children do say please and thank you, and my wife wants them to say yes sir, no sir, because she grew up in Texas. But um,
0: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
1: Right. Yes. Right right right, right. 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 But but they also roughhouse, and I roughhouse with them. And my my young, my my older son, who's four, he'll come and ask me, "Dad, are we going to wrestle today?" And I say, "Okay, let's let's
0: wrestle." Right. Um, so so part of it. So the first thing is. I had this discussion with my wife once we were talking about this issue about writing a book on what manhood is Mm. and I was kind of embarrassed because I don't want to talk about what a man is because men should know what what they are it's Mm. kind of weird to kind of it's like seeing inside the sausage factory you don't want to see how the sausage is made but after this long car ride with my wife one of the things I hit upon in this extemporaneous discussion was one of the most important things a man can do for his son is to teach him the appropriateness of violence. Yes. When it is appropriate. Yes. And when it isn't. And for me, roughhousing, because roughhousing can get out of hand. It can. Roughhousing, <laughs> roughhousing is where you test the boundaries. Right. Where right. you learn, you know, you don't punch your dad in the whatever. Right, right, but right. But you can wrestle, you can tussle. So right. I think one of the key things is, and that would, such a lot about today when you see people literally going into stores and stealing and just walking out. Correct. The appropriateness of violence, the inappropriateness, and then finally, the importance of our duty Mm. to use violence in the name of the vulnerable who are under attack.
1: I think one of the things that, again, the, the sort of trans cult has revealed is the degree to which the American man and the Western man has been ground down Sanded down, beaten down, and and made to feel like he has to fit in a nice, neat sort of pink box. Un-
0: unoffensive. Pink Correct.
1: Box. Correct. Because I, I grew up in an age, even in the nineties, where if you're messing with people's children, even as a as a young boy, there are certain girls who I say, you know what, I may not want to play certain games because she has six brothers, and I don't <laughs> want to have to fight all six of them. And in the same way, there there is a degree to which um, in which Teachers and administrators should have a healthy fear that if they tamper mm. or, or, or mess with or molest um, someone's child, that that father is going to come up the rough, to the school, the
0: rough man.
1: correct, right. and rearrange some furniture. Man. But nobody fears that because so many guys are afraid of being, you know,
0: I've got to give great credit to my my colleague and my friend, uh, Charlie Kirk, who gave this interview at some, I think it was like an evangelical event where they brought up the, you call the trans cult. Mm. And the host said, raised this issue about um, the fake Leah Thomas, the the guy who was ranked, you know, 412 in swimming says he's a girl and then he crushes all these, these girls dreams. And Charlie got really incensed and he said, where are the fathers? fathers. Why did they stand up in that stinking swimming pool and make a human wall in front of Thomas and say, we're not going to punch the lights out, but you do not get to swim in that pool with our daughters.
1: Correct. Where
0: are they? But, but again, I, so, so
1: many men have been told, and this, this, started, this, this started with the war on masculinity in, in general, before it got to the war on biological sex, but... I think the average American man is much more afraid of his wife and his daughters than he is a potential carjack or a robber, wow. because when he, he does not want to get on the right. Because Seb, you know what a man, particularly a married man with kids, wants more than anything in his house is peace. Happy so if he wife
0: happy life. If he
1: get, if he if he says okay, I don't I don't like the fact that my 13 year old is rearing you know, Daisy Dukes with, with the word juicy across the bottom. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like fighting with her or her mom. So I'm just going to sit back. And when you do that consistently enough over the course of decades, you are, you are in no position to now be, be, um, raise your voice in defense of, of, of your daughter because if you don't stand up to someone you love, you can't stand up for them. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of dads are. So I'm, I hope... And again, I'm, I'm not asking for, for physical confrontations. But what I hope is that American men rediscover that sort of edge and, and do it in such a way that the people who are, who are actively trying to, to groom, yeah. tenderize and pervert our children say, okay, let's take a step back yeah. because I don't want
0: those types of problems. This is The Manhood Hour coming to you from the relieffactor.com studios. Relief Factor, pain relief that works, pain relief that's real, pain relief that is liberating. Half a million Americans right now, me included, but it's not just me, it's people like Reggie from Florida. This is Reggie's story. I have a lot of pain from aging, and after only four days of using Relief Factor, I'm already experiencing less pain and stiffness. Can't wait to see how I feel in a couple more weeks. Relief Factor is a blessing, Sent by God. Incredible words, powerful words. Find out for yourself. Order the three quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do. And I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Reggie, and 500,000 of your fellow Americans. Call today, 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com.
2: How can democratic leaders be more effective in advocating for us trans people and our families and our lives and our opportunities?
1: I'm not being facetious when I say this, being seen with
2: people like you. I mean it. I genuinely mean it. People fear what they don't know. They fear what they don't know. And when people realize, individuals realize, oh, This is what they're telling me to be frightened of? This is the problem? This is, I mean, people change their minds.
0: Mike Knowles did an amazing 15-minute video on the Dylan Mulvaney story. But this was an actor, a male actor, Mm -hmm. who felt that he wasn't getting jobs as a male. And under COVID, interestingly, he came up with a solution for not getting acting gigs as a man. He said, I'm a woman. And we can't tell today. I can't tell whether this is trolling or whether he really thinks he's a girl. But this individual in the space of a couple of months, Dylan, ended up interviewing the president of the United States. Wow. Okay. If that's a metric, somebody who is failing in his job as a guy Mm -hmm. says, I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. And he gets to interview the president 90 days later how big is the challenge for men and for women in terms of getting back to reality
1: it's a huge challenge and and um to put a fine point on it and, and you hit on it dylan mulvaney doesn't just say he's a, he's transitioning to be a woman he says that he's transitioning to be a girl
0: yes um and, and he and, runs around in, correct in a cliche correct of a screaming flapping girl I correct mean, just like a caricature
1: correct um, so, so it's insulting to women. It's insulting yeah. to girls. Um, but it really does show the left's priorities. And, and, and I want people to understand. It's helpful to think of politics as a business. Businesses have products and they have expenses. Yeah. They incur in sp- expenses in order to sell you products. The, the left and the Democratic Party today, its products are all things LGBT, mm-hmm. abortion, yeah. and climate change. Right. Now, they'll pay expenses. They'll talk racial justice, they'll talk all the race stuff, but those are the expenses they're willing to pay in order to get that. Because that is what they, they are for. It, it's a huge challenge because what, what he's doing, what the president did there, is send a signal about what types of people, what types of ideas that he wants to honor and amplify.
0: Are you an optimist or a pessimist when it comes mm-hmm. to the war on manhood?
1: I'm I'm hopeful because I'm a Christian. Yeah. And And ultimately... Um, we're in a bunch of battles, but the war has been won, at least from my perspective. Oh, we've so, already won. Correct the, the, correct. the important war. Correct. Right. So, so I'm, I, I am hopeful. I do see some positive signs. I th- I think people are starting to get tired of these things. Eventually, you'll, you'll reach a point um, where the, that gag reflex will kick in, and we'll start to spit up a lot of this nonsense. Um, I don't know what that point is, and honestly, Sebastian, I hope it's not... I. I hope it comes soon because there are so many, again, going back to the trans piece, there are going to be so many young people who in another five to 10 years are going to look back and say, why did you let me do this to myself?
0: Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, dear friends, keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in and stay frosty.
2: your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we! Is America First with Sebastian Gorka. If you're a normal person, it's a pretty weird experience watching Joe Biden's presidency get euthanized by his own party. On one hand, there's an undeniable thrill to it. You have to admit that Biden is the most destructive president in American history. More things have broken under his watch than enter under any other president. Joe Biden deserves to be driven from office and disgraced. But for this breaking federal classification rules, some of the stupidest and most dishonest laws Congress has ever passed. It's like arresting El Chapo for expired plates. It's missing the point. But it looks like that's what's going to happen. It seems like every day when a Biden's lawyer shows up with more sheaves of classified documents.
0: Yes, indeed. Euthanizing their own president. And Tucker does have a way with words. Welcome, dear friends. It's Friday. It feels good, doesn't it? It's the March for Life right now. Tens of thousands of Americans who want to stand up for the most vulnerable, the unborn in society, are gathering in our nation's capital. It's the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, something that we utterly utterly destroyed with that supreme court decision just a few months ago we will be talking to one of our brave buddies on the ground at the march for life later today we have an utterly packed program for you it's friday which means ask dr g anything it's also second amendment friday and third hour the one-on-one is the manhood hour celebrating everything masculine with an amazing guest who um Well, just like Tucker, he has a way with words, and he will impress you immensely. Make sure you don't miss a second of the one-on-one. Subscribe right now. While you're listening, go to Spotify. Plug in my name, Sebastian Gorka, America First. It's totally, utterly free. Leave us a five-star review if you love what we do. It does help. And then share the links with your friends. So, the Biden Oh, the 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 phone lines are lighting up the number is 83333 gorka that's 8333346752 we will make time uh, for your calls all through the day but first the saga continues if you missed it yesterday our third hour was with the incredible Victoria Tunsing and Joe De Genoa and i tend to agree with the latest theory that they have developed That the hurried response, the sending in the lawyers who don't even have a security clearance to clean up the mess in aisle three at the Biden pen think tank in D.C., finding the classified documents in the closet. That's because there's somebody on the inside, somebody on the inside. This had enough with Joe Biden that knew the documents were there, that knew that in the 12 months between him leaving the vice presidency and the Penn University think tank being opened, those documents were floating around the ether illegally, not secured, not in a skiff. And then the rapidity with which the additional releases of documents being cashed away in the garage next to the Corvette in Biden's personal library. Somebody's out to get him. This is now damage control. And we have a clip of uh, Biden getting rather irritable. He's attempting to read and failing to read his press statements about it. I think he's in California. I think Gavin Newsom is standing behind him. So the pressure is unrelenting, and Biden is not up to dealing with it. Cut three. Play cut.
2: Back in November before the big time. Hang on. Okay, look, as we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives and the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no
0: there there. Thank you. So do you remember the I am not a crook from Nixon? That quote you just heard, that will be the I am not a crook for Biden. There's no there there. That's going to be clipped and saved and used against him, not just by us conservatives, by the Republican Party or people running against Biden in 24, because he won't be running in 24. His party will have replaced him. It will be used by the Democrats. What a stupid thing to say when multiple, multiple top secret SCI documents have already been found and you say there's no there there. I guarantee you, this is where it starts happening. Eric reminded me, not long before he he, he left us here, Rush Limbaugh said what? Eric, what did Rush Limbaugh not, say not long
2: before he died? Friends of mine circulated a clip from The Great Rush about uh, about two months before he passed saying, uh, roughly paraphrase, at a certain point, you're going to notice when the mainstream media starts to do their job again and all begins to turn on Biden all at once. And then you'll know that's when they're ready to get rid of him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, um, let's get Jeff away from screening calls. Is it nice to be back in studio? Did you survive Vegas? What, what, what did you bring home with you? Um, I brought home a virus. Yeah, I know. You, 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 you were a trooper all week at SHOT Show, and you're in the studio again today. You know what your problem was? I had at least two or three massive cigars every night. You had none, did you? I had one, about a half one the first night, and that's why it started getting worse. Uh, you didn't have enough. You should have just powered on through. Uh, what do you think of Rush's prediction and the theory we had yesterday that somebody on the inside is pushing the Biden files.
2: I think it's exactly right about when the media starts turning on them, unless they're just trying to get rid of this. I don't know uh, if they're just pounding this to death way before the election.
0: And then what about uh, can you put that on hold? Thank you. What about, Jeff, the media on our side? Have you been following the Daily Wire, Steven Crowder fiasco? A little bit. You, you brought it up to me and I was just reading about it a little bit. So, so, guys, and I know Eric's been following this closely. I have something to say about this. And I said it to somebody at The Wire in a text this morning. Guys, you both look like idiots. Steven Crowder releasing parts of his contract with The Daily Wire. They wanted to hire him for $50 million. But then he said, you're on the side of big tech because you'd penalize me if I lost money on YouTube. As if you can lose money and get paid the same, and then you're playing recordings? Crowder, what are you doing playing phone recordings with the CEO of Daily Wire who considers you to be a friend? That's just creepy. And then Jeremy, reading out the contract for 50 minutes on YouTube. Let me tell you something, neither side of that Arrangement came out smelling of roses. Okay, so the left works together as a collective. We shouldn't be a hive mind, we shouldn't act like the Borg. But at the end of the day, who's going to look good in all of this? Nobody. But I want to hear your comments. The call board wow, it's full. We're going to talk to Boris, then we're going to take your calls. So don't go anywhere, Molly, Don. Sue, David, Dean, so much to discuss the number 833 33 That's 833-334-6752. Don't forget, we are on all social media that matters. We are on Truth Social, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Parler, on Getter, on Telegram, on CloudHub. <sighs> You can watch us on the Salem News Channel. We are a televisual extravaganza. And my substack, .substack sebastiangorka.substack.com. That's my name in one word, sebastiangorka.substack.com. And don't forget, if you didn't have a good Christmas, if you want to treat yourself, if you're America first, prove it. Wear it. Have it in your pocket, one of our challenge coins, one of our FBI t-shirts. Everything on our website is made in America. We've got our, oh, do we have our Planned Parenthood t-shirt? We've got to get that as well because it is the March for Life today. Uh, Our Planned Parenthood t-shirt, it's kind of, you know, leveraging their imagery. But it says, when it comes to vaccines, my body, my choice. How'd you like them apples? SebastianGorka.com, that's sebgorka.com, sebgorka.com for all the America first gear. Back after these messages.